Hello and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me, my co-host with the mo-host, Chris, a.k.a. I don't have an AKA for you. I need to get an AKA for you. That's how we do it, guys. This is the uh, Casually Hardcore Podcast. We're going to be talking about three big topics today, guys. We're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XIV. The July 9th event is on its way. Then we're going to be talking about some New World versus Final Fantasy XIV. And we're then also going to be talking about Guild Wars 2. Does not need an optional sub? Chris, stirring the pot, creating some drama over there on Twitch. Guys, if you want to hang out with Chris, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time, you can hang out with Chris. You can tell him he's crazy and much more than that. But one of the things I want to say at the start of the show, Luke T, a uh, huge spot just the other week, just gave us a huge donation. And because of his support, I said, guess what? You just sponsored the podcast for a year. If you guys enjoy our podcast, I know we haven't been the best and most consistent at bringing out the Casually Hardcore podcast to you guys, but that's going to change. Uh, and the MP3 audio is going to be delivered to you guys each and every day, day and date, no longer delayed, um, because Luke is covering all of our uh, hosting fees. Uh, and that's actually one of the reasons why we delayed the podcast was primarily because we were just trying to get some ad revenue to cover the roughly you know $40 a month, uh, $45 a month cost of hosting the show. Just make a have, dent, really. Just like, to kind of chip it away, because like we've, I've talked about it. It's like, I love this is the, what I love to do. I love podcasting. But uh, cost wise, the podcast clips channels at like fifteen dollars a month in revenue. So like it's yeah. it's it's still not getting there. It's, it's yeah, just, and the uh, and Ginger Gaming yeah. Radio. Just so you know, Ginger Gaming Radio is at like ten dollars a month. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> it's like just twenty five, twenty five bucks. So anyway, he's he's helped us out uh, dramatically, and because of that, everybody here hopefully gets to benefit. So we appreciate all of you guys, and we'll hopefully be bringing out more of these podcasts to you each and every week. Now, for those of you here uh, checking out this uh, live, just know we will be breaking up these podcasts just like we normally do into the three videos. We'll be dropping those up on uh, work to game later. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, be sure to do so. We'd love uh, to have you come back and check out more content. But Chris, do you have anything you want to kind of intro before we actually dive into our first topic? No, I mean, speaking of podcast clips, uh, Bellular has been been crushing out on those and uh, and and the support for him has been overwhelming. If you haven't been following Bellular clips, they've been tackling all sorts of wow and 14 news and uh, really nice to see those uh, Michael and Matt just go back and forth. And uh, I've, I've had some good laughs lately. Uh, I've I've been frustrated as they tackle tougher subjects and it's made my day worse. It's an emotional journey. And uh, and actually today they referenced us because uh I think they mis misread the way I responded to an event because they don't know that every Friday I play Guild Wars. And so Thursday, we posted our frustration last Thursday at the way an event was communicated and handled. Uh, not that the event existed, but that we believe that it could do better and that feedback is how Final Fantasy 14 gets better. Uh, it has not been perfect over the years. And they have listened and, and taken that feedback into consideration and uh, and improved the experience consistently until we eventually got to Shadowbringers and hopefully Endwalker is even better. And, uh, and I think he saw that and was like, yeah. And then he played Guild Wars the next day because the next day was a Friday and every Friday we play Guild Wars. <laughs> but uh, guys, if you haven't uh, been checking out Chris's uh, videos, he's been rolling them out and just putting out so much content on Gaming Kinda. Links and all that should be in the descriptions of all these videos. July's going to be three more. a day. <laughs> July's going to be three a day, uh, eight, one, and five. And that is because everything that is not a reaction post, it's going to be exclusively reaction posts in July. Everything that is not a reaction post is starting to schedule out in August so that I can take two weeks off of content creation. Mm -hmm. So we are going to pre-schedule out August at one a day of actually just me talking about 
something that isn't somebody else's words first. Yeah. Now, while we haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to uh, with uh, Bellular directly about this, I've been told and uh, hanging out, he wants to get further along in the game, but he's definitely willing to come and collab with us. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show, especially as he, you know, like he has Matt. So if you guys haven't been catching his clips yeah. uh, as he's been going through the content, yeah, yeah. he's got Matt who's like his Sherpa through all of this. Like he's his passionate Matt, about 14. Passionate. Like Shadowbringers is yeah. life changing. And it's so exciting to see. It is just unbelievably thrilling uh, to see. So we're, we couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm glad he's enjoying it. And then also just in other just Final Fantasy random news before we get to the main topic, Asmongold is playing Final Fantasy 14 this Saturday. Chris, are you going to be hanging out and, and watching that? So I have some yard work that has to get done in the morning, uh, but I believe I wake up substantially earlier than Zach. So I think I can have that done in time. Uh, and then I've got plans Sunday. I, I know that it's not just a one-time thing. So I've seen people right. going, I would bet money that he is only that he won't make it two hours. And I'm like, I don't know how to legally set up a thing where you can just go ahead and give me your money now. Cause like, he's going to make it more than two hours. Um, he, he'll make it more than, he, he goes more than two hours sometimes in reaction content. Like the guys, the stamina is not the issue. Uh, will he have a good time and stuff is, is much more subjective, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I would love to at least catch it, but thankfully he has a great production team. Uh, I don't know if it's OTK or what that backs him, that does a great job clipping all that stuff out and putting up at least the, the, the moments that are worth not missing. If you haven't seen him for his charity stuff, uh, talking about revealing July 3rd as the date, which was a huge charity thing for, uh, games for love for us uh, just supporting children as a charity at 300,000 and at 250,000 he had to delete his boosted character from wow classic and that is a delightful clip you don't have to play wow or care about wow to enjoy that uh, that's that's a fun clip to watch i was there live and i was like oh this is awesome this yeah. is awesome um, I won't be uh, watching it. I'm going to be taking uh, the kids swimming and uh, that's essentially like whatever I've kind of had planned and that's what I'm going to stick with. Cause I, you know, honestly, I, I want to uh, just continue to spend as much time with the family as possible. And I'm going to, I guess, talk with probably Chris, get updates. Uh, yeah. Might try to, might try to catch like a VOD or something like that. I'm hyper excited. Uh, we have long advocated that he come and play the game, especially with how much he reacted. Not to uniquely it. him. We've long advocated right. that everybody, everybody that could have play. an interest in this game. <laughs> if I'm standing at the grocery store and somebody's like, I don't know, I just wish there was a good MMO right now. Have you, have you heard, heard of about the critically acclaimed free trial to Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, uh, it's free. Here's, here's, here's my card. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Patrick's actually saying would, uh, they would care more if I was actually playing on Saturday. Um, I am currently not scheduled on, uh, streams, but last Friday we got to hang out. Chris, you stream, 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 streamed, whatever. I Minecraft. streamed some Minecraft. Stream a loom, like get the guitar out. I did. And, uh, strummed. And then, uh, and then I played, uh, 14. So I've been working on my relics as well. So, um, right now it's kind of like up in the air, whether you see me live or not. So who knows? Did Just you see the Reddit post? from the person that finished all of their battle relics and has all of their 530 gear i have not you want to send me that link and, and, you and somebody and somebody immediately goes what do you do now and somebody responded play the game like the i game. can finally play the game i can finally i've achieved <laughs> this goal. finally i've achieved this goal i went there was a goal chase all somebody, 535s all 530 gear let me see if i can pull it up here on twitter because literally and it's just, just throwing itself into the I'm end sure of the camp frame Amazing. Where did let me? I bookmark this. This is this is truly epic. Where are you? Be cool. I, I totally no. Did I not bookmark? Cool, I suck as a human being. Welcome to the show, guys. This is Brian as he clicks around. It's um, okay. 
the... I, can, I can help you. So we are talking about July 9th, right? Not July yet. 9th. Actually, before we jump, jump into July 9th, here we go. Found the post. I want to highlight this real quick, guys. This is really cool as well. Uh, podcasts. Yeah, I, I do. I, it's just we're doing yeah, it live, man. We're doing it live. Um, I wait. I clicked on the wrong thing. I suck. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Yay. All right. So, uh, Angelus uh, Dementis, it is done. It took seven attempts, but we got there. A brilliant 191 plus, but an extremely spooky 194. Nine solo clears on different cl- jobs in Final Fantasy XIV and Palace of the Dead. And wow. they're getting ready to start their next one. So, guys, if you have, we'll just like... You know, if you guys got something you want to you want to brag about, if you want to shout out about, uh, sound off. Like you don't have to do it live, but let us know. Like if there's something we want to highlight, somebody doing something cool in the Final Fantasy 14 community. Yeah, people are doing cool stuff. Stuff. Yeah, this was made it to the top of Rook made it to the top of the Kugane Tower on stream yesterday. Yeah, bird of chess. Uh, It was an emotional, emotional journey. She didn't jump for the lamppost. She said, I made it. I'm going to log out here. Good night. Like, <laughs> this is where I live now. This is um, where I live. Always and forever that on the top of this is, tower. That lamppost is a myth. Like the three-line Wondrous Tales, it's a myth. Glenn, I know that that's faked footage. No one can make it to that lamppost. This is just a fact. It is impossible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I think that uh, kind of... Anti-cheat you know, detection. Anti-cheat it's put detection. Out by, it's put out by Big Lamppost. Trying to sell more jumpable posts. More jumps, guys. All right. It's not real. So, guys, we've come now to uh, Final Fantasy XI, July 9th's expectations. This is a special 14-hour broadcast. There's a lot there's, going a, there's going a on. In there. Expectations. Expectations. Excitations. Uh, yeah. That's We're going to execute on these expectations. Sound off in the comments below. Uh, the correct spelling of this word and uh, so the most humorous answer will get a heart in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I can promise in this regard. But what we want to do is kind of talk about what is coming up with this, uh, what we can expect, what and what's you know, not coming up, what's not it's... coming. Uh, lots of excitement. Just like I, every time I see, we seem to talk about 6.0, I see, uh, you know, Hey, uh, when's the, uh, the job action trailer reveal? Hey, later. Yeah. When, when's, when's the information coming? What's changing with my job? The battle systems are changing and I want to know. And, uh, and so do the devs, you know, we, we know that they're still actively working on the game. So, uh, they, they're still trying to decide on some of the names of the abilities themselves. So just, just note that that information will be coming. It's just not coming on July 9th, but that doesn't mean that there won't be a little uh, nugget. I put, put it in that September, October timeframe. Uh, yeah. That's probably the best expectation. Maybe set your mind for October. So yep. that way, if it comes in September, everybody wins as opposed to like, it's September. Work to game said so. And then it's like October and they're like, oh, I'm I'm bummed now. I have to wait all of uh, all of September. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to give the, the highlight. We're just going to go through the post itself, give you guys the information, give you our thoughts. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. So um, July's uh, the, the, blah, 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 the 14th, the 7th, 14th hour broadcast. Uh, it's going to kick off July 9th at 6 p.m. PDT. So if you guys are central time, best time. Uh, that's going to be eight o'clock in the evening, which is great. Start speaking. So that's when it's 10 in the morning. That's the, that's 10 in the morning is the end time. So that is a full overnight third shift shenanigans. And, uh, it's going to kick off with a brief introduction. that's going to last about an hour and then starting, uh, around seven 30 again, zone nine 30, uh, letter for the producer live is going to be kicking off. 
this is going to, we'll cover what's all in that, but essentially then following that up is how do you like Heidelin? A live Q&A, Sokin's play-by-play, our Tales of Adventure, and Hiroki's versus Yoshi P round nine. Uh, and that's essentially going to be the detail of their 14-hour. Now, for those of you who are coming into the game and you have no idea what we're talking about here, um, this is usually around the time of the anniversary. But they did not do one for the last year's anniversary because of all the chaos with COVID, all the things going on, obviously with Soken that we know now. Uh, welcome back, Soken. Really, really happy with that news. And with all that being said, this is where it's kicking off and playing uh, into uh, what they've got. So what is to expect with the introduction? Uh, if you can see here, we've got crazy costumes, uh, more introduction to the team, who they are, what they do. Uh, shenanigans ensue. Uh, says the cast members kick off the show with opening remarks and a rundown of the broadcast. Like, hey, we've got 14 hours that we're going to be live with you guys. Here's what you can expect. So for the letter from the producer live, uh, 7.30, uh, a.k.a. 9.30 p.m., to well you know 11 30 p.m so it's like it's a late night we've done we've gone longer with these with these events uh the 65th installment of the letter from producer live is going to reduce uh, uh, uh review recently announced information for n walker in the later half of the show they're going to be joined by guest creators uh yoku uh, sato and yoko taro and look back at the uhura dark apocalypse as well as answer questions from the official forum so right now guys you can go out to the official forums submit your questions and more. So like this now, is kind of them uh, retrospect. Go ahead, Chris. Now, keep in mind, we will review recently announced information. So this is showcase and fan fest information. So this is not we are going to show you gameplay from the new PvP mode. This is not we are going to talk about Ishgard housing. This is not we are going to talk about Island Sanctuary. This is not the job action trailer. This is things that we've already known. That does not mean that we will not get new context. So it is absolutely something Brian and I will watch and will cover. Um, we will cover this, this kind of two hours. There could be things as the Yorha stuff where we get a feedback on how do they feel as crossover events this large? How do they feel about future crossover events? I don't know if those questions will be in there. How, you know, is there any way they present previously presented information in a way that gives us a little bit of extra insight, a little bit of extra context? Maybe it's said a little differently than it was last time. Um, but this does not seem like anything here is forward thinking information that we will not have gotten. This is looking back at the Alliance raid series of Shadowbringers, and this is looking back at all of the announcements that we have already been given for Endwalker. And uh, and James is asking, is uh, this going to be like FanFest? And the answer is no. Uh, this is not going to be like FanFest. We're not going to have a keynote kind of kind of kickoff, but there right. are themes that are similar, like we talked right. about with the live Q and A. Um, you're what you'll end up seeing more about this and how it related to how FanFest played out is because of its virtualness. But if you it's ever just went like a to day a real two fan fest to me, is that un unreasonable? I mean, this we're talking about particular physical... lineup feels right. like a day two of FanFest to me. If we're talking about like a physical FanFest, no. of the digital FanFest of this year's FanFest, a digital FanFest makes more sense based off of the content that they've already got planned. So you could you could draw parallels. So I could see that. Um, but I, I I would I would hesitate associating no or thinking uh, yeah I would hesitate thinking fan fest and right. the fourteen hour no because right yeah no, no mount no you know um, yeah minus the celebration um, how I do mean, you celebratory like, yeah yeah celebratory absolutely that's usually this usually comes at the anniversary right. so where like we usually get this every year where fan fest we get every two years so fan fest being more expansion focused 
this being more celebration of the game. State of the game. Make it, Where yeah, are we at? 100%. Um, anyway, so how do you like Heidelin? Uh, this is going to follow it up. In the gameplay segment, Captain uh, Tadaka, I'm probably butchering, and uh, Gesunaka uh, will be undertaking uh, the challenge and of learning blue magic. Come cheer them on and maybe even follow along and learn some blue magic yourself. So it looks like you're going to be playing with the community uh, and playing as blue mages, which is exciting to see the developers do. Go ahead. So I'd like to note the entire event at this point, this whole thing is going to be in uh, in Japanese audio. We are not talking live translation for the live letter. We are not talking live translation for this gameplay segment. Um, the Discord community for the Reddit has some talented individuals who do a great job transcribing in real time uh, a rough translation uh, of things like this. I don't know if they'll be doing the gameplay segment, but they will do the live letter for us. Um, and so that is where Brian and I get our information to put it out in real time because the translation from Final Fantasy is much delayed. And so that is that is where that comes from. Yeah. And uh, and so then moving on, uh, the live Q&A looks like they're going to do the Zoom call. I haven't seen the Zoom questions trickle out from FanFest. So please, if anybody here knows somebody or knows of somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody who got a question, uh, my understanding is that everybody who asked questions at FanFest that did not get to ask theirs because we had one of the questions go like 15 minutes and there were 30 people, uh, is that those questions were all told, hey, you agreed to be at this thing digitally. Um, we're going to go ahead and shoot you an email response to your, your question. And even if those are questions that have been asked before, sometimes you know, a written response has something in it that we haven't gotten. You know, they, there's a different phrasing. There's a, hey, you know, and, and one of the hard things is the way this relates to this other piece of content. Wow, they've never, they've never tied those two things together before. And so um, if anybody knows any way we can get any of the missing questions, 30 questions minus the like five or seven or whatever he got to, that you're talking about anywhere between like two and four interviews worth of information that is just, it's out there, it's floating. And, uh, and it did not get published publicly in any official format. Uh, so if anybody knows of like a Reddit thread where it kind of got combined or anything like that, um, please, please feel free to, uh, to share that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm wondering if we'll see some of the returners, if they, if they didn't get their question answered in this regard, but it's obviously yeah. shown from FanFest for the image that, Hey, this looks like it's going to be connected via zoom. So Yoshi P is going to be answering questions posted uh, live by players. They uh, may be able to hear his replies to a wide variety of inquiries, including burning questions, popular topics, heartwarming experiences, and much more. And that's going to be presented by Yoshi P and Toshora uh, Moranashi. And then Those might um, only be Japanese questions. Cause at the bottom, probably. it says the whole thing's Japanese only yeah. for audio. Yeah. So I would expect that they may not be live translation. Um, I, I, I know we're going to be doing live letter, but at the end of the day, like uh, what time was this actually happening? Uh, uh, 1130. So 12, one, one it's, so it's, it's late. <laughs> we'll see if we, if, we'll see. No promises on, on, on like I set an alarm and I don't know why it didn't go off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, so can play by play one thirty AM to 3 AM. Uh, AKA uh, 2.30 or yeah, 3.30 in this case. Sound director, uh, Soken provides insight and commentary as they take a closer look into the background music for 14. Uh, we're in for a wild but informative ride through some of your favorite tracks. And our- Those are big. 
So uh, one of the reasons I say this feels like a day two of a fan fest a little bit is um, for anybody that hasn't experienced an anniversary event, anytime we get anything like this, these are panels that fan fests do have at them. Uh, things like this where we get a chance to sit down and look at insight and commentary behind an aspect of the game. Voice yeah. actors, music, level design, story design, anytime. And for even if whatever the subject is, it's talking about PvP or it's talking about ultimate design or whatever it is, this can give immense context because the whole game, no one thing functions in a silo in Final Fantasy XIV. Everything feeds back in. It's one big living thing. And so, you know, obviously Soken is a huge, huge figure within XIV and the community loves and adores him. There is no way that his job does not impact other people's jobs. And so this can be the sort of thing where in this segment, it'll be a delightful segment on its own, but there can also in there be two or three sentences or two or three comments offhand where you're like, oh, I had no idea that this content over here was so impacted by the pace at which, or the method of which they introduce the music into the game. Yeah, absolutely. May not, uh, but like, may not. I just, I really like them. I find them really insightful. And then going on into our tales of adventure, uh, this is going to be joined by special guests who are big fans of 14, hear them recount their tales of experiences as warriors of light, which you might be find quite similar to your own. And I'm going to guess that these were probably celebrities in uh in in japan <laughs> i would have i'd have to guess just based off of their headshots alone in and of itself so we'll just kind of keep it up with that if you guys know who they are here's their here's their headshots uh and, <laughs> and hopefully you enjoy um it would be kind of a real shocker if somebody like you know just kind of stood out like oh there's mr happy okay <laughs> turns out he's a he's a part of that one now uh and then uh Hor uh Hore yurki versus yoshi p round nine Almost five years since round eight was held in 2016, uh, Yoshi P uh, and Hiroki uh, meet once again in this special talk session to cover a wide range of topics. And as far as the topics them go, it does not appear that we uh, they have those listed out here. So for uh, that's kind of the, the big plan for the 14 hour, but it's important to note regarding the live letter, uh, they're going to be doing a 6.0 digest. What that is traditionally in this regards now traditionally we wouldn't have had that in this uh, kind of event but i think essentially that to me says we're going to summarize we're going to go over we're going to relitigate in a way everything that we've kind of said that's coming and i would expect we might get a couple of nuggets of new information but right. it's not it's not new information it's not media tour information um and obviously anything they share is right. intentionally this is one shared. extra sentence that gives us context that we didn't have this is one extra thing that implies that maybe something's in 6.1 that we thought would be in 6.0 or something like that this is this is little little things yeah so absolutely. don't sit down and be like i'm gonna watch this whole two hours and have my mind blown the whole time uh, this is this is a fan event for anniversary to celebrate the game um this is not a you know a rundown of brand new information leading into the expansion right exactly so, Chris, what are you expecting? What are you hoping to see uh, from this event? Obviously, the the live letter, something we, we cover here on the channel uh, and, you know, summarize it for everybody. But uh, is there anything that you like? It's, it feels like it's been a while since we've gotten any kind of new information. So or update. Yeah. So there's there's some little remarks that if they go back over them, I'd love if the sentence was phrased a little differently to give us some context. Um, they said they were considering some changes to the housing system for the next thing. And while I don't expect a full presentation of Ishgard housing, um, just state that statement again and see mm -hmm. if it translates the same way, because I, I don't literally know what that means. Um, I I 
really look forward to if there's anything contextually post 5.55 that they feel they can mention in terms of myths of the realm or pandemonium um, or anything like that. Uh, I, I would love anything when they talk about the MSQ that hints at how long it is just from like, I don't care what the answer is just from the standpoint of you and I, anybody here living in the US, we have a federal holiday that following Thursday. And so just from the like, how hard am I ignoring my family? Um, the sooner I can start saying like, I'm out of town that week. Oh, really? Your car was parked in front of the house. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Don't come in. Uh, so like, uh, you know, how, how hard am I going that week? Um, because obviously we'll want to have kind of a good portion of things kind of cleared and stuff just from a content creation standpoint. And like there, there's just some context that I want. I'm not expecting brand new information. I'm not expecting them to name the new mode. I'm not expecting them to talk about what's changing with jobs, how Sage and, and Reaper are integrating. Um, for me, that's that's what I want at this point. Um, and I want I want the same things we just got uh, because it's been a lot of information and it's been trickling out since February. Uh, I want the same information we just got, but I want it stated so that anywhere that has been left to vagueness that we've been kind of speculating around. And then I also would like some clarity on 558 and data center visit um, because we don't have true confirmation. A lot of that information is based around a leak or around some statements where it's been like, oh, it would be this sort of thing like this. And so right. like it's been super, super loose and vague. And so are we getting data center visit with 5.58 officially? Are we getting... 558 as a patch is is it really 558 or is it 6.08 like is it like is it really coming prior to the expansion is it region locked like say it explicitly because i do not believe at this time it's region locked i believe at this time it follows all the same rules as world visit is that true um so these are things prior to 6.0 that are still missing and then also are we lifting like weekly lockouts on like tower of paradigm and things like that um those are the sort of things that if you're not going to tell me now, are we just going to see them in patch notes? Because we're like, the expansion is too far out for the fact that I want to play it right now, but it's coming up quick when we look at the number of remaining events like this. For me personally speaking, I would love to see more information about a data center visit and maybe even kind of a demonstration of that um, now. And the only reason I say that for this live letter is when I look at obviously 6.0, still a long time out. Yes, take some time, summarize 6.0, but talk about that road and talk about like what I think is really close, which we believe to be 558, which is based off of leaks, which is based off of the fact that 448, 458 or whatever had the, the world visit. So it seems to kind of parallel in that regards, but it's still not guaranteed. Like it's not guaranteed that that's when it's happening. And, uh, but I would love to see information on it because like, Everything is all speculative on data center visit. What can you do? What can you not do? Da, 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 da. I think this will be a good opportunity to talk about that, especially if it ends up being close to that that mindset, that aspect of right. the game itself. So um, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll be live covering it as we usually do here on Twitch and on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe, like, favorite, share. And I saw that on YouTube, we got the clip feature now, the little scissors. So if you guys are watching a video, if anything stands out to you, be sure to make a clip. I'm, I'm 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 excited to see how that how that does on on YouTube. It's uh, they're slowly figuring out that there's this platform called Twitch that does all this really cool stuff. So uh, Luke Turner, before we go into our next subject, says, "Yeah, I lost my house in 14 when I was overseas for a few months. 
wasted a dozen hours of clicking on a placard already with no luck yet. Chris, uh, can you can you relate directly with Luke here? I have not lost a house. So while clicking um, a sign, a placard or over, but I have seen them. So lost a house, I equate with people who have truly lost one. Uh, but I have missed out on houses. And uh, I can tell you, there is another placard. And that also will not be your house. And there is another placard. And that also will not be your house. But if you keep doing it, eventually, that expectation will be wrong. So just keep clicking. And don't stop clicking. <laughs> It's Don't not about see. fun or joy. It's about a system that has aged poorly and that you're going to overcome it through sheer perseverance. Man, I hope they fix the housing system. <laughs> they said they want to address it, but like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So we will find out then, soon. We will find out soon. that sign. All right. Let's, uh, let's transition into a new topic. In this case, guys, we're talking about new world versus final fantasy 14. This week alone, I think we were talking about earlier at the start of this week, how certain MMOs have synergies where as WoW seemingly, we'll just put it that hopefully politely, is collapsing under its own uh, weight and own leadership in this regards. Uh, it's left a lot of like refugees coming and checking out of the games. Final Fantasy seems to be the game to play right now. Now, and somebody sent me, uh, Zoila sent me a great little video somebody made of like this WoW player kind of trying to sleep and in the back, you know, a little backyard party of Final Fantasy people all having a good old time. Uh, I cracked. I laughed. I laughed my head off. But um, beyond that aspect, you know, uh, Guild Wars 2, ESO, like it seems like all these, like we're just seeing people come and check out other MMO RPGs right now. And one of the things I see is that, at least from the people I talk to, is that either they're already going in to play Final Fantasy 14 or they're waiting on New World. Right. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's because New World is the next MMO to release, the a really big MMO to release. Yep. Uh, doesn't mean uh, uh, it's going to be successful, but I've been following this game for almost two years. And uh, Chris, like I think you might be considering checking out the game. Uh, I don't I know do if you're going to play the beta. Are you going to play the beta? I mean, no. Uh, so I'm incredibly intrigued by uh, Amazon has the backing. So the problem with an MMO as a value proposition in 2021 specifically mm -hmm. is that it's not a unique idea. There are a lot of them coming out. There are a lot of expansions coming out. There are a lot of big content patches coming out. And basically, it's all the things that people wanted to release in 2020, plus all the things that people wanted to release in 2021, all coming out together. And there are other games outside the genre that are also making waves. Mm -hmm. So it is a tough time to, to come out on its own. And brand new IP also tends to struggle from the fact that they've spent a lot of resources making servers work, testing battle systems, building character creators, building a world, writing initial quests, making all these initial decisions. And so the total quantity of content, because they've had a lot of initial upfront decisions to make, tends to fall short of something from a, a game that knows what its recipe is and can sit down and just get to work. Endwalker is the result of a bunch of expansions. And so Endwalker will likely have more content as an expansion than all of New World. Yeah. And uh, and so that's that's a tough value proposition. But Amazon uniquely has the backing that when they make statements like, we're going to run this thing five years regardless of if it loses money, there are only a handful of companies where you're like, you could, I do now they could change their mind, but like 
They yeah. have the money where you're not like, well, how are you going to do that? You know, if Brian and I are like, we're going to run an MMO and even if it runs at a loss, we're going to run it full steam for five years. No, you are not. Yeah. But with Amazon, <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, you could. Yeah. yeah. Even if like the creative director leaves, they can purchase another one. Like they, they have that level of resources available. And so that's incredibly intriguing for an MMO because that first five years is when somebody tries it out, leaves, and then comes back. It is when you establish the loyalty that results in the fact that World of Warcraft still has fans even on its worst days, that Final Fantasy would still have fans even on its worst days. That's earned, um, right? They're not playing by the same rules. A bad right. patch or a bad expansion does not mean death for either one of these games because they've earned that. New World doesn't have that. And so money is this solution where they're like, you know what? Even if it's bad, we're just going to keep it going. We're not going to cancel this. And uh, and so I'm intrigued, but I do not go into new IP. I really try to avoid betas and early access um, as has been how I've historically do it, done it. Obviously, going full-time in content creation changes all sorts of perspectives as I get further into this. But my plan as of now is to go in on August 31st with everybody else. And if I have a question, I can go to the wiki or I can ask my good friend Brian. So that's one of the things that brings up uh, as far as New World itself goes. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the uh, the engine preview that Square Enix released, I think it was a, probably about six to nine months ago, and it's just gorgeous. I think what you're actually seeing how that plays out will be in the upcoming Forspoken uh, game in terms of this like next-gen mind-bending level. And that's the thing that I would say that New World actually has going for it. New world, when you step into it, when you cut down your first tree and the tree actually falls down and thus is no more in the game uh, and you've actually affected the world in that way, like that's all of a sudden how you start to feel like, whoa, there's something here. There's whether it's, uh, yeah, because I the, the challenge that I, I look at New World is not only is uh, Endwalker coming out, you know, two months, three months after, after the game officially launches, I mean, September, October, yeah. So roughly less than three months but Endwalkers has that establishment. It's got the story. It's got excitement. It's got consistent. It's got trust. Trust being a real key aspect that Amazon has to work hard to deliver on. And the only way you build that is with time. And the only, like, right. I, I, I don't look at, I look at, uh, you, you talk about five years. I was like, yeah, I, I see three years. Like, I, I see them looking sure. at it and say, in three years, we should start to see some kind of return on this massive investment that we've made and who knows what will, what will succeed. That doesn't mean in the black. That just means it looks no. like it's going in a direction that is worth continuing to dump money into it. Correct. And I think that's the typical standard for, for business, you know, in that mindset. That's so fair. same thing with, uh, so same thing kind of in that line of four years, which essentially then makes it an establishment MMO, which then in my mind, based off of timing would have it kind of start going toe to toe with ashes. But where, when we look at this kind of as a synergy, because originally visually I was like, no, oh, this game is, doesn't look like it's my kind of game right like it's not my final fantasy which is my primarily mmo experience but there's something where um i, I the, one of the reasons for this topic is to say like is it something where we could see a final fantasy player being interested in this game and i would think it would always just depend on the player but what, what say you chris so I think, first of all, what are, the, what are the patch cycles? One of the advantages of people who have dabbled in like WoW versus 14 is that they're every other year. And so if you like expansion launches and that's all you like, you can just bounce back and forth. If mm -hmm. if one game, if you like whichever game has the current better rating scene, you can bounce back and forth. And so you can kind of say, here's what an MMO is, but I'm just going to take the cherries off the top and I'm just going to go, you know, cup to cup to cup, only eating cherries. And it's amazing. And so, you know, it's it's great to see 
competition in the space that keeps mm -hmm. everybody honest. Um, you know, WoW has for many years, it seems like ignored competition. And as a result, uh, they haven't really had to be really, really, really careful. And so it's, it's kept them from playing basic fundamentals. And so, so I think 14 has a good value, just base proposition as an MMO. Um, First of all, what's what's the monetary model shake out to be a new world? Not what is it on launch, not what right. is it a plan. We look at things like right. Destiny where it's like, here's what we launched with, and then here's what we change to every 30 every, days. Yeah. So like <laughs> like let's I'm not asking today, I'm not asking what will it be. I'm saying what is three years from now when we're saying, hey, it looks like this thing's sticking around. What is that? How often are expansions? How often are patches? What do those include? Not what do we want them to include? What have they included at yeah. three years? And then, and then how does it fit in with 14? Does it do things that 14 does not do well? Well, um, Guild Wars has really fun and interesting PVP. And there are people who play Guild Wars not for PVP. There are. Yeah. But as a compromise with 14, as, or as a compatible, you know, partner in crime, I really enjoy popping over to Guild Wars and explicitly doing things that when somebody says, oh, do you do this in 14? No. Not that much. So like I've spent a ton of time doing jump puzzles. I've spent a ton of time doing open world content. I spent a ton of time doing PVP, not because those are the only thing Guild Wars offers, but because Final Fantasy is my primary and Guild Wars is plugging in those areas where Final Fantasy is like, yeah, we have it, but it's not really where we shine. Yeah, I think uh, one of the th reasons I think this is a good topic for us as a community, especially that is a very vested uh, Final Fantasy 14 community, isn't to say like, yeah, I, like what am I playing on the 19th of November and Walker? What am I playing August 31st? Yeah. New world. Like I'm, I'm yeah, excited. If you want Brian to play a game, don't release it in the middle of November. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, don't I'm, do it. I've already got plans. I, I calendars yeah, already Ashes set. The creation is offering to pay you to play their game. When's it released? No. November 19th. That is no. unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what to tell no. you. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's you know, one of the, one of the things that I, I've actually started saying just from a pride perspective is like, like we have a, our link and we've seen, I, I, I don't have the, the number in front of me, seven, 8,000 people who've used like gone from our videos. And I, we don't even include the link in all of our videos and gone and, and started Final Fantasy 14, which is a lot. We don't get a dime for that. I, I never said that we don't get a dime for it. I started doing that. People are like, oh, it's like, yeah, like it's not a link that is benefiting me. It's like, go play. I want you to play this game. I want don't you to experience Square Final Enix Fantasy. is like, hey. 8,000 people have clicked this link. We would love to buy you two a hamburger. We will take that hamburger. Hey, I got uh, a salt shaker that I can put a little, a little on those fries. So, uh, but you know, as a bargaining chip, they're like, well, what if we don't give you a hamburger? Then we're going to keep recommending this game. So like, we, we don't really have a ton of room to bargain from here because I'm just excited that people are trying 14. Here's where I want, here's the, what I hope for, because we don't, I mean, we know that right now what they say, like, is all we have to go off of is what they say. I try, if Yoshi P came out and said X, I believe him because he's delivered and, you know, and I could either factor. He's that. Yeah. He's earned a that. Random guy that has right. a webcam. Scott comes out and says, Hey, you know, like we're a buy to play game. So you buy it, you know, subscription. We might have a battle pass later. Or we might do this stuff later. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see just so it could be just like destiny. Like, all right, every year there's their, you know, expansion that you pay for and, and you go on and, and go from there but um what i hope for this is what i hope that within the 14 community what they can find that's good about it i'm not expecting like a great story like in final fantasy but i'm not play. i didn't play new world for the story uh i play it kind of for the world in and of itself that experience i i grew up i was born uh out in east texas nacogdoches for anybody who uh knows the area uh, neck of nowhere, uh, all the land of, uh, uh, tall women and virgin pines is what somebody told me 
as an adult, and I, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but the um, I so there was there's a, a clear aesthetic that when I stepped into the into the game, I was like, wow, this feels like my childhood. Like this feels like I was I'm running around the forest and the moon's breaking through the trees. What I hope for within all games that find success is that what can Final Fantasy XIV learn from New World? And the key aspects that the game already starts to surmise at its core, one of them is housing. I've talked about this numerous times when we talk about 14 housing. And it's, they have housing that exists out actually in the world. There's no instance ward or neighborhood or like private island. No, you go and you see a house, you can buy that house. And then that house becomes instanced to you. And what people see on the outside is a little mini game of people competing for the best decoration of their house. So you get a, your house is the one that's on display based off of your little, who all owns that specific house's leaderboard, but you will always see your house. Anybody how do else? creators not rise to the top of that? And how does somebody not rise to the top of that by trolling? Like, I don't know how far left and right that decorating allows it to yeah. go. I don't know. And is it like, is, is it winner take all where like the top one just shows to everybody or is it like, yeah, top one this shows is to the everybody. percentage of the player population that's going to see it. This is no top one shows to everybody. Now, I, I don't think it's voting. I'm interested to see it. It's going to be cool. I, but if nothing else, like it makes me go, wow, that's, that's actually a really smart idea. Because then there's not a restriction on, you want a house? Go get a house. You know? Go get a house. And then the housing, and because there's no restriction on that outside of grinding up the money and, and the, the, the What's reputation. What's the house do for me? Uh, there's benefits. There's bonuses. But here's here's the kicker. Like This is where it just gets interesting. And I okay. know people get mad at us when we talk about taxing. In 14, like there's the, the you actually pay a tax for your house in Final Fantasy 14. It's called your sub fee. And just like Luke said earlier, he lost his house. Like you're physically paying a tax of real world money. You really lose a house. Yeah. Yeah. So if you really want a house, that's what that costs you. But in the game, you don't lose your house in New World. Like you don't. Like you buy it, you get it. But if you don't pay the taxes on it, then you lose the bonuses that are associated with that house. And that could be anything from increased experience or, you know, whatever. Okay, so you lose like your free company buff because your free yeah. company hasn't paid the electric company. Exactly. So okay. it's like, well, pay the electric company and then oh, bo buffs are turned on uh, right in there. Axum Jax. Yes. Freaking SM Fox in chat knows SFA. Axum Jax, baby. Um, that's where I was born. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that's something that's really interesting. The, uh, the, the, just the world itself. Like I, I was playing, I was playing the game new world and I was running around. I go, what, what would Yoshi P do with this? What could Yoshi P do with this engine with how this is structured visually? Like what would he build if he could build like a brand new MMO? It could be based off mm -hmm. of 14. Like we talk about 14, 7.0 or what, you know, I yeah. love Shadowland zones. I yeah. think they're beautiful. I love, um, especially like Ardenweld's, the way light filters is amazing. I think the zones in Shadowbringers are stunning. Spending time in Raktika or what is is just amazing. The Tempest just has such an emotional connection. And, and I just, I dig it. But when I play Guild Wars in PSO2, even though I'm not as connected to those zones, even though their significance to me is not as heavy because I'm not as invested in those franchises. Yeah. I find myself wanting to spend time out in the world that I simply don't when I'm playing WoW in 14. And so if New World could put yet one more set of inspirations out there for ideas where Yoshi P could say, I don't want to do that exactly, right? but 
you know, the sort of things that inspire changes like bicolor gemstones, the sort of things that inspire, you know, what if, you know, Mr. Happy asked Joshi P, well, could we get critical engagements out in open world zones? How would that work? How would that function? Do we have that capability? Is that something you guys have even thought of? And so open world content, I think, is an incredible area that the genre could do a better job inviting more views on. There are already games that do it, but there are games that don't, which means yeah. it's clearly not a solved feature. And you're you're 100% right. Um, I, I don't think uh, New World's really going to pull away uh, the Final Fantasy audience. I, I mean, there's going to be some who play both. And, you know, like what you I've always asked, what's your home MMO? Mine's Final Fantasy. Uh, I don't know if New World's going to become a new home, you know, because it's really hard to play more than like one MMO seriously um, because of the vast amount of content. With 14 and me, like I've gotten everything capped. So I'm like, yep, I'm ready to go for Endwalker. And now I'm just kind of like playing the game, just kind of doing the fun stuff, just kind of like like picking something new to grind on. Um, new World's going to offer obviously a, a new leveling, a new experience. But, you know, I really hope that it's successful. Yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting. You're but established. I, I think you could afford a you could afford a vacation home within the MMO space. Yeah, it, you, know, you, you could have it, somewhere you could dip away to the weekend. Your house always, is your house is you're metaphorically paid off, and you you, yeah. you you've got some housekeepers that come in and keep it clean. You've got your everything's to cap. You've cleared all your story. You've done a lot of what you want to do. It only took eleven years, you know. Uh. <laughs> but it would be easy to spend a weekend away. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna. You can come back. It'll be here. So, uh, but on, on that on that same kind of vein, like uh, with with New World and with uh, Final Fantasy, like yeah, I hope that it's something where, honestly, I really am excited about just kind of gathering and and crafting in that game because it has a player driven economy. You know, I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I just set up a shop and maybe I just kind of hop on a little bit for those really chill streams. Uh, you know, fishing and and crafting and gathering and. And then all of a sudden going and buying the best gear in the game, because guess what? That's a player driven economy. That's how that works. Like I just made a lot of money. I sold a lot of cool stuff. Uh, chopped down a lot of trees, man. Chopped down a lot of trees, living out that action, that lumber, that uh, Axum Jack's uh, lifestyle uh, and things like that. But any uh, final thoughts on uh, new world and final fantasy 14? As we no, I, I think it's great. I think new MMOs is great. Even if we don't have time for it, it can still inspire the space. Um, Yoshi recently even, you know, kind of went over in an interview that any game he and his devs don't get to directly, he has people on his team whose explicit job is to come back and report to them, hey, here's what I'm seeing out in the space. Right. Not just from not just from one or two names, but like the space, right? There are many MMOs that are doing something well, maybe doing several things well, uh, maybe doing several things just new. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just, hey, we haven't seen this quite like this before. This is an indie dev clearly trying to make their mark. Yeah. Um, you know, and so he wasn't clear on what games made that list and are they limited to MMORPGs. But uh, anybody that can come into the space and kind of shake things up, I think, is is good for the space. And uh, I'm excited to see Amazon throw a hat into the ring. They don't have a track record that shows that they've quite mastered making games yet. Right. Uh, but I wish them the best. And James asks, as a follow up before we uh, move into our Guild Wars 2 discussion. Uh, so New World is like EVE Online, player based economy. Uh, yes, there are things that you can get from dungeons, but they are mostly bind on equip so that you can trade and crafters can gather and, you know, in, you know, fix gems and do all kinds of different things like that. So, uh, yeah, as long as they uh, keep up with that model, I'll be pretty excited overall, uh, in the long run for the game itself. Now, our final topic for today's show, for today's podcast. Again, if you guys are watching live, we appreciate you tuning in live. We'll be trying to bring out more of these. Be sure to like, favorite, subscribe, share, and clip. 
uh, for these videos and uh, let us know if you do uh, share the clips with us so we can check out what you thought was the most interesting. Um, we're going to be talking Guild Wars 2. Chris kind of stirred up a little bit of a honeypot, a bee pot, a little kick in the hornet's nest. Uh, you talk about the podcast appearance that you're on so we can plug that podcast. And um, Yeah, and so Jabber Unity is a shoutcaster for uh, games like ESO and, uh, and Guild Wars 2 and is an arena net partner, meaning they have a creator program where they partner directly, uh, consistently, long term with these creators and have have that outlet and have that exchange of communications directly with them. Uh, basically acting as an extension of kind of their marketing arm. So it it gives that they don't have control over those creators. So there's risks there. And that's why I think 14 and, and WoW, while they may have explored programs like this, have never moved forward. But they they have a lot of different ways of saying things that are getting out in the space. A lot of people who are excited to share their game that just say, hey, if we give you this information, can you share it with your community in your way of doing it? And, uh, and he had me on with... Uh, Rook, who also uh, from Bird of Chess, who's on Aetherite Radio and cares a great deal about 14 as well. And um, and also Xandri, who has done a lot of 14 content and is now spending a ton of time in Guild Wars 2. And so me and uh, Xandri that were there talking about our very different new player experiences. That's why I've always enjoyed time with Xandri, because we have a very similar um, history of games we played as far as a timeline goes. But we play them so differently that we have these very different experiences. So... Uh, always need to get her viewpoint and and we talked about that and one of my frustrations for the game is that you know as i hear from the community i'm not there uh, i'm still new and so everything is new and shiny i'm hearing man I, I wish that they could have these consistent expansions i wish they could have more patch content i wish they could update some of these modes more often and the, the games that i see when they do that well what they seem to have in common is money and now money is not a guarantee <laughs> shadowlands just went through a huge gap but when I look at money, I look at the fact that Guild Wars has a loyal fan base that supports it. It is it is free to get all the way to low cap. Their their free their core experience, their free trial, if you will. It's too big to be a trial. It's it's massive what you can do for free in that game. And then you just buy the current two expansions. Max MSRP is thirty dollars. Regularly goes on sale. Then they have these like little DLCs. They've been giving them away for free lately. If you have to buy them, their their max MSRP is two dollars and fifty cents. So like incredibly affordable game for how much time you spend in an MMO. Um, you could be 10,000 hours in that game and be out 40 bucks, like seriously, and or less. And so that's something that's just wildly value proposition driven. And what that tells me is people are like, yeah, I love how I've only given them $40 after 10 years of playing the, you know, 10,000 billion hours of playing the game. I wish they had more content. Okay. Hmm. How long would it take somebody like Square Enix or World of Warcraft to get $40 from you or me? Three months. That's it. Oh, well, what happens the next three months? We give them more money. Oh, well, what happens every other year? We give them more money for an expansion on top of a subscription. So like, it doesn't rely on them creating a cosmetic that I have to have. It doesn't right. rely on them creating, you know, and so, so for me, they have a gem system where you purchase these gems in games. One of the things I like about subscriptions that I brought up is that I like a, that it's a dialogue with the creator where it's not, hey, I bought this because you came out with a cool incentive or you came out with a cool program. I bought this because every month I'm willing to give you money. And when I cancel that subscription, that sends a message. When I leave it active, that sends a message. It's a dialogue with my money. Mm -hmm. And so I like that as a way of voting with them and saying, hey, I'm willing to support you because I like what you're doing, not because of what shiny thing you put on the, st on the store. And then I also 
for me, my wife and I, we try very hard not to spend frivolously because once we start spending frivolously in one month, it tends to trickle into the next month and it tends to become this growing portion of our budget that we don't have control over. So we tend to put things in buckets where we know exactly what that money is doing every single month and how much it is. And so for World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy to have their own bucket is something where we came to that decision and then we left it. And every month they're just baked in. And so remembering every month to buy gems or one month buying something because they have a sale going on and then the next month not. And then my wife's like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I wanted to support the game and they came out with this cool amount. It looks like a whale. Like, mm. did we need that? I don't know. And so like, I just, for me mentally, I want there to be the ability to buy gems in their game. And the only thing I want different is I want next to it a button that says, hey, on the first of every month, do it again. Whether I've used the gems or not, just do it again because I'm not doing it for the gems. I appreciate that they give me something back. I'm doing it to support the game and that would help me. And I'm sure seven out of 10 players are like, no, I like it the way it is. But that other two are like, well, I or two or three, it's like, well, I would support the game, but because you're asking me to enter into a microtransaction model, which I don't do, I can't engage with you monetarily and I want to, and I'm struggling with it. And the longer I struggle with it, the more time passes where you don't get my money. So when you brought this up, I know there was a lot of, a lot of kickback. Like when you brought this up on the podcast, like Guild Wars people were like, no, 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 no. And when, and when we're talking about this, we're talking about an optional subscription. A, uh, just a, just a recurring purchase of gems, which they already sell. Right. And so I guess the, the, the counter argument, just to let you make the point, why not just block out and budget $15 worth of gems every month? I don't know. Why don't I floss every single day? <laughs> because I forget some days. Like, I, how come I how come I ever don't change my oil on time? Because I have to take an active step to do it, whether I change my own oil or I take it to a shop. How come the how come the inspection sticker on my car occasionally expires? Like, these are great questions. Are they hard? No. Do I want to do them? Yes. Do I think they're important? Absolutely. Do they get done? Not yeah. every time. Do I go to bed some nights and there's dirty dishes on the counter? Yeah. Do I forget to take the trash out on trash day sometimes? Yeah. That Like, you're making it into a chore to support you. And and for me, that means that the path of least resistance is to not support you, and I want to, and you're trusting that me, having this inner dialogue with me, you're gonna fight out and you're gonna win. And the person who pays the price is the game. The person who doesn't get my money is them. I was willing to give it. And then because I forgot one month, they now don't get it. They're the one that gets hurt. I, get, I have more money at the end of the month. Like I, I am rewarded for forgetting. Yeah. You're not you're not punished at all. The uh, this that 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 mindset is uh, is interesting because it is that you like I've talked we talked with Benny from Comic Historian who still subscribes to Final Fantasy XI. Like we've talked to some people uh, Limit Limit Break Radio. Like, but he likes like the game I never and he just I, leaves it on. Just leave it on. I might cut if in case I ever want to play. I don't want to have to jump through the hoops of their like of it's their a great game whether I have time or not. Yeah, keep my money. And so when it comes down to the optional subscription, I, I, I look to default to Fantasy Star Online 2. They have an optional subscription in which that for them, it's being a, you know, M, you know, M-O-R-P-G, as, as some people have labeled it. Um, the core aspect is that you get engaged with the market. Like there's a thing in that where we don't want you impacting the market. So if you want to sell uh, if you want to participate in it, then you need to be, you know, a part of that optional sub, which I honestly think is, is, is rather fair, especially in a game that asks no money for me. But with Guild Wars being, you know, a buy to play 
uh, game. I, I actually agree with you. I would I would love to see that as an optional way of support uh, that you know just makes the game. You know, yeah, I'm. I want to toss you money now. I've tossed them uh, gems. I typically how I end up functioning on it because it's a little bit different. So I'll just go buy like a hundred dollars worth of gems, right? And then I'll just play the game. Sure. So it's not like a monthly thing. The challenge there, the problem that I run into with that is that I don't often have a hundred dollars just sitting in my pocket, right? And and so then it's like, yeah, I'm just sitting down and playing, and um, overall buy the things and I sit on gems and they usually sit there for a long time until I need them. So it ends up being kind of like where I think about a hundred dollars being about once a year. Sure. You know, here, I'm going to hand you that. Yeah, it's less sure. than one of their increments is $10. So it'd be right. 120. Assuming yeah. they don't come up with new increments, assuming all they add is a recurring yeah. box as an option, no extra rewards, nothing special, no, no beneficial treatment just for people that prefer monthly budgets. $10 is one of their increments. You're looking at 120 a year. Now, we're having kind of live breaking news uh, as uh, Chad has uh, delivered us a uh, link talking about uh, ArenaNet, and it looks like they delayed the End of Dragons uh, release date. Um, let's go ahead and take this topic and take it into the uh, the news post because I think that's going to be important. I should probably add this screen to share. Yeah, publish today. <laughs> so let's go ahead and see here. Add to stream. Let's, guys, uh, breaking news here on the podcast. Thanks so much for hitting us with that. That link information, ArenaNet Studio update July 2021, a brief preamble. Uh, I guess we'll start with the kind of the intro here. Hi, everyone. I'm Ruby Bayer, and you may uh, already know me as the host of Guild Chat and other Guild Wars 2 live streams. And that's the most vi uh, visible part of what I do. But as a member of the community team, I swap job attunements regularly behind the scenes. The rest of the community team and I've been working on the development uh, to improve our ongoing communication with you all. Uh, your reactions to Guild Wars 2 Live Summer 2021 blog posts, weekly event schedules, and skills that balance previews confirm that we are on the right track. Continuing that trend, we have some important updates to share with you today. So, the preamble. Hey everyone, I'd like uh, to introduce myself. I'm JT. I'm the lead Guild Wars franchise and ArenaNet. Uh, I have been I've been the director of the studio for a little over six years, and ArenaNet is different. It's unlike any place that I've been a part of, and I'm honored to take part in this game and the team of the community. When I stepped into this role, I thought a lot about what I've done and what has gone well, and it still needed to do. In retrospect, it took me uh, back to the studio's earliest days. ArenaNet was founded with the goal of pursuing innovation by focusing it on solving player problems first. Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2 are direct results of this pursuit. It's essential that the player uh, first approach is at the heart of everything we do going forward. I love how much marketing speak is in that. Like, I, I, I'm sure that he is a rock solid guy. Uh, you know, I love his game. And I think the team has done a, a, like a bang up job. Now, I know that there's drama around this this game, but I have not essentially been a part of that 100%. But no, that, that felt very marketing in regards. Uh, today, we'll be sharing some important updates about our coming expansion and Dragons, the live game, and some changes we're making to realign ourselves with the ideals that shape Guild Wars as a franchise from the very beginning, and I believe the best is yet to come for Guild Wars 2. End of Dragons, uh, as an expansion development, has progressed in the real world and with real world challenges over the past year and a half, and it changed the way we look, live, and work. It's become clear that we need more time to deliver our version uh, for Cantha, and as a result, we're delaying the release of End of Dragons from late 2021 to early 2022. Late 2021, I was 
That's that's it was it, know, it was supposed to compete with it was supposed to compete with Endwalker. You think? And the dragons? And no, Walker? not directly, Never. but in in our time, in my time, I knew it was going to be later this year. Like goodness gracious! So I was I, I didn't know when I was thinking like I was like well, I was hoping really like talking. October. I doesn't feel like a delay yet because I still was thinking like twenty twenty two because we hadn't really seen it. No, they're doing know? their big hype stuff that cuts off like pushed all the way through the summer. Yeah, the, the summer of hype. We appreciate the patience uh, as we take time uh, to give the expansion the attention it deserves. I'm incredibly proud of the work the team has done. Don't forget to tune in July 27th for the Guild Wars End of Dragons first look live stream. So that's still going to cool. be on, on board. Good deal. Familiar face returns. A large part of my job is playing in the future, and we've got some big plans in store for Guild Wars 2. And ambitious plans require ambitious leaders. I knew we needed a, a partner to help us share the load in order for us to achieve our long-term goals and deliver the game experiences you deserve. I needed someone who immediately understood the franchise and most importantly, our players. So I'm thrilled to announce former Guild Wars 2 director Colin Johansson has returned to ArenaNet to help co-lead the studio with me. All aboard. Take it away, Colin. Hello, Guild Wars 2 community. Colin here in the uh, being voiced by Brian. What Chris eats his lunch. Uh, I'm incredibly excited to be returning to ArenaNet. When I decided to leave the studio in 2016, it was one of the hardest decisions I made in my career. I've spent over 11 years working for, on the Guild Wars franchise as the game designer and game director. One of the first projects I ever worked on in ArenaNet was building a quest where you help a little girl named Gwen and her lost flute. And the last project was leading the team through the pre-production for Guild of, to, uh, Guild of Wars 2 Path of Fire expansion. Guild Wars in this community and the team at ArenaNet hold a deep place in my heart and returning feels like coming home for me. This kind of feels like, um, what was it when, uh, what's his face came back to Bioware for a little short, little short stint. Uh, it was like, yeah, he's going to fix everything. Well, I, you know what? I hope so. <laughs> um, so when JT reached out about the opportunity I mean, to help, go ahead. If the community liked Colin, right. You and I haven't been a member, but you know, people in chat are saying Colin's Colin's great. So if, if the community liked Colin, if a portion of the community, um, there is an image shift. And if you need additional resources anyway, and you have somebody that's already knowledgeable and probably has continued playing the game, many of these people, when they leave and they really care for a game, I know many WoW devs, I know WoW devs who were laid off and felt controversial about the fact that they still enjoyed the game and wanted to keep yeah. playing it, even though they were literally just laid off by the company that works on it. And so like, uh, when you talk about bringing somebody back, that's a really logical choice if you feel that aspects of what the game needs to fix are things that it has done well in the past that's great news and the players aren't being asked to trust somebody who's currently on the team to change direction somehow because of a promotion and not asking being asked to trust a new face when they're like hey what i want isn't something new what i want is to get back to the game that i loved even more than i love it right now even if i like it right now there was a time before and i want to get that back yeah, chat's saying that Colin's back, and that's really good news. So it's good to have that context. Chat, Great. I appreciate that. Um, when JT reached out about this opportunity to help lead the studio with him, we spent a lot of time talking Guild Wars, its future, and our interest in driving a renewed focus in on the players. Bringing the player perspective into our development process is a huge part of what made Guild Wars a successful franchise from the beginning. Before we launched Guild Wars in 2, we opened up uh, to the public to, uh, testing to gather your feedback and make improvements. Now, after they went live, we evaluated your feedback and your actions in the game, and we used that data to make better experiences for our community, and we wanted to keep improving on this arena in the future T uh, talking is the easy part it's what you do is what matters so let's talk about the concrete step we're in to improve on this front guild wars 2 is a big and complex with a lot of unique game experiences 
including Living World, World vs. World, Player vs. Player, Endgame PvE, and more. Traditionally, the game director has their attention split between overseeing the development of the live game and expansions. To ensure that the live game is getting the attention it deserves, JT and I have created a new role that focuses on leading development strategy for the live game and ensuring that we're giving you a constant quality experience. We felt that it was important that we found someone for the role who knew the franchise in and out and its tireless, uh, tireless advocate for the players. I'm pleased to announce that Joss Davis, a.k.a. Grouch, has rejoined the team as the head of live operations. A lot of people coming back. Any any take, any thoughts on that one, Chris? Um, no, I, I think that's... I, bringing people back... I, I, what, I, what I think is interesting about this is having somebody specifically focused on live and focused on future. So when you talk about like WoW and, and 14, who are vertically progressed, and so every two years we're resetting the level cap... We're moving you forward, and it's it's this treadmill. Mm-hmm. The live game is the future. You cannot work on the expansion without working on the patches that get us there. You cannot work on the expansion without knowing what the patches will hold afterwards. It's all one continuous thing. And so it's one continuous line of thought. And so somebody sets out the foundation for the expansion, and then that very same person often, or people they've worked with, carry it from there to however many iterations it's going to have over the expansion during which they're already working on the side on the next expansion. Um, but Guild Wars has a very different pacing as far as how what expansions mean. They bring mm-hmm. in their own zones, their own systems, but they don't move forward the level cap. If you want to, you can still just play Tyria content. If you want to, you don't have to use the specializations from Path of Fire, Heart of Thorns. You, you, don't, you wouldn't have to play End of Dragons. And so there, there is this kind of like question of, well, who's maintaining this living, breathing thing where all players exist regardless of what they purchased or they're interested in? Maybe maybe the living seasons are their favorite thing. Maybe they haven't even touched those, even though they've yeah. been given out for free. And so, like, as a living, breathing thing, that does seem, like, more so than the games that you and I traditionally talk about, that does seem like it would be almost its own task, closely tied with people who are saying, okay... Now, what do you feel is missing? I'm going to go build that. But the game is moving on. And no matter how long it takes me, whether the expansion delays to 2022, 2025, 2050, it doesn't matter. This game actually will continue to live. And even once that does get here, this game will continue to live. It doesn't erase it in the same way that 14 and and WoW say like, and now that's legacy content. Now that means less with very few exceptions. Um, It doesn't do that in Guild Wars. There are still things, I mean, yeah, like jump puzzles with mounts kind of change, but there are exceptions. But honestly, like going and doing world completion is still a task. Mm -hmm. Um, So for my limited time in the game, it's interesting to think about this game as a contrast to WoW and 14. And this seems even more like a contrast to WoW and 14. I couldn't say it better myself. Um, I love the title of this next section. Do it live. <laughs> All right, we're doing it live. Uh, hi, it's Josh, a.k.a. Grouch Davis, reporting for duty. Bridging the gap between players and developers is a passion of mine. It's part of why and how I got into the industry to begin with. When JT and Colin asked me if I'd be interested in rejoining the studio to help recenter our development efforts on players, I couldn't possibly say no. I'm stoked as a partner. I'm like, and, and there's some number probably attached. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah I, I couldn't possibly say no. I hope there was some like, and here's what I here's what I need. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm so going to be a partner in such a talented team and developer story right the next chapter. 
Yeah, no vacation. A dollar Can't a say year. No. Can't say no. Uh, it's been an, an eventful couple of months uh, for the live team, starting with summer 2020 live blog post that we published back in April. It's a little nerve wracking to publish detailed release dates that far in advance. Game development can be a little unpredictable at times. But in general, I believe that the benefits outweigh the risks, and we intend to push this level of communication as much as we can going forward. It's a new territory for ArenaNet, and we're excited about this direction. In addition to the Living World's return, the roadmap announced some major additions coming to the game this summer, namely the Twisted Marinette and the Legendary Armory. Uh, we prioritize these features because we know they're important to you, and you've told us as much. With that in mind, we like to give you two long-awaited updates that we know are many important for you. Alliances... When? Oh, this year. I actually have heard of it, like, but I've seen a yeah. lot of people. World restructuring, also known as alliances, uh, is a feature that aims to deliver more balanced world v world experiences by dynamically creating matches up using world v world designated guilds alliances. Uh, a player made collection of guilds, the active world v world players as inputs, and this is in comparison to the current system that relies on the world for, uh, and world linking. The system will give us a more flexibility and granularity when creating new matches and help address natural fluctuations in population over time. It will also give players more agency to choose who they want to play with on an ongoing basis. Which is, which is part of my concern. So it will allow you to play with people that are on different worlds, uh, even for World of the World, because you said to be part of the guild. My concern is that in World of Warcraft, you have that agency and you end up with horde-based servers and alliance-based servers because it turns out people like winning. And so that, that's my caveat to this, but it is very exciting because uh, there is a frustration that sometimes in World of the World, it can feel a little bit hopeless because it's not, it's not currently dynamic enough. And so the devs can't fix it even if they want to. And then you are on a different server than me and we can't, there are times we can't play together even if we right. want to. Right, and that's only in the World of the World. And that's where I was like, well, should I switch over? Well, like, cause I want to play with my friends. Like I want to play with my, my friends and my, and my people, my people. Yeah. No, super cool. So world restructuring is a big change for worldly world. And we want to get it right. Uh, we've read a lot of your feedback on the system, thousands of posts over the years, and it's clear there isn't a total consensus on the feature and how it should work. And that's okay. The big fundamental change to how the mode works is that it can be daunting. In the past, we've sometimes made the mistake of releasing a final version of a feature and finding that it didn't quite meet your expectations meaning that we wasted time and resources. To avoid this, we're going to do things a little differently this time around. Make sure that you can voice and you can help us inform the development of world restructuring. The restructuring features will be released in multiple phase beta. That means that we'll release part of the world restructuring system, test it with you in live game, gather your feedback, and then iterate on it for future releases. The feature components will be functional, but not fully polished, meaning we can more easily react to your feedback without having to rewrite a bunch of code. Once we've worked on you, worth with you, and locked down the design and implementation, we'll polish it up, take it out of beta, and we'll bring it back in August to share an overview of how world restructuring works and the timing of the first live beta events. So, our communication regarding this feature over the last Sweet. few years missed the mark. In the past, development priorities shifted away from worldly world, and unfortunately, both world restructuring and our players suffered as a result. Our new leadership team views WBW as a cornerstone mode for Guild Wars 2 and will be focused on ours going forward. Whew, that's massive. So, yeah, I, it's a nice blend between like a WoW PTR model and a Final Fantasy 14 non-PTR model, 
where you're forced to do it live. You're forced for this feedback. And so sometimes we see 14 can adjust like the Ishgard restoration where there was an issue with the way it was rolled out and they had a plan B ready enabled to hot fix because they said, hey, we weren't sure if this was right. And they immediately flipped the way World Visit integrated with that system. And other times you see them go, you know, more like Eureka Pagos where they're like, yeah, that's going to take us a minute because we didn't know that you wouldn't like it. Yeah. Um, and so we need to adjust. And then on the other side, WoW has these PTRs and then they get this immense amount of feedback and they're expected to act on it. They're expected to act in a timely manner. And when they don't, that feels disrespectful. Right. And when they do, it feels like, well, do you even know what you're doing? And so it, it, and, and you're spoiling the content. Now I know what's coming. And so like there is this back and forth. And so saying, hey, how about I just check in with you on these points? We go back and do our jobs and then come back and say, hey, what are you thinking of this? Let me listen to the room, gather not only what you're saying, but what you're meaning. And then let me go back and see if there's some tweaks as we kind of bounce back and forth and get closer and closer to being on target. Yeah. And uh, Too Salty, thanks so much for that support here of the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, client performance optimization. And it looks like that's going to be, almost, we're almost done with the post. Uh, we've heard it loud and clear. Guild Wars 2 needs better frame rates. And we agree. We're actually working on upgrading the engine to DirectX 11, and we expect to be able to roll it out and opt in beta later this year. An important note that we upgrade to DX 11 itself isn't a magical fix for frame rates on its own. Some players may notice an overall difference uh, or none at all. However, upgrading to DX11 opens a lot of doors for improving performance, CPU multi-threading, for instance, and also paves the way for some potential graphic updates down the road. We're investing in our infrastructure, our engine, the graphics, and because we're looking into the future, this is a long-term team effort. Until next cool. time, we've, uh, we're, yeah, we're very excited. I was like, if they sit here and said, and we're adding controller support native, it'd be like, Brian breaks down and just cries. Um, we are very excited for the rest of 2021 and can't wait to celebrate with you on July 27th during our Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons First Look live stream. We've got a new trailer, uh, feature reveal and information news about elite special uh, specialization beta events and details about the story, characters, arts, design, and more. We want to make sure that you have many secrets to discover as you visit Can uh, Cantha yourself. And so while we won't be spoiling things, we have lots to share between now and release. We plan on more Guild Wars 2 and the Dragons live streams for the rest of 2021. And they'll each bring you more about the expansion. The community is lifeblood of what we do. And that's from Colin, Josh, and Ruby JT. Uh, cool. in this regard. That is uh, awesome news. In the, it, I yeah, it doesn't really affect this conversation. Um, yeah, we were talking about the... Go. But yeah. no, I, I think them needing to restructure like this, this costs money, right? They're talking right. about creating new positions. They're talking about putting a new emphasis on modes while not dropping support for existing things. They're talking about making long-term engine upgrades. And so that's really where this subscription conversation comes back in. That's really where the, okay, so now for the rest of this year, they're not going to sell me End of Dragons. They're not going to come out with new cosmetics. They're not going to come out with living seasons that aren't free. They're not. And so like for the rest of this year, they're doing all of this work. And yet I'm playing this whole time, having a blast, jumping my current 200 hours into game to 400, 600, 1,000. And yet at no point are they asking me for money. And, and that sounds really nice as a consumer until the back end of it gets here. And you're like, oh, well, how did they get yeah. in this position in the first place? Why were they needing to hire up? Because they didn't, they weren't overstaffed before because right. they weren't filled with resources. Now there are aspects of it where like, there are aspects of the WoW team that feel like they must be bloated or something because they can't pivot as fast as they want. So I'm not saying resources are the answer to all things, but I am saying that collecting 30 or $40 from me one time and then saying, cool, we'll see you in three to five years. 
doesn't seem like a sustainable model compared to World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy, asking me for 10 to $15 every single month and an additional expansion cost every other year. Um, it, it just feels like there's somewhere in between $40 one time and that that could get them closer to the resources they want. And for the people who want to wail out and support all of us, while I appreciate you and I think that's wonderful, I'm saying I'm willing to help shoulder the load and all I need is a recurring button next to the gems. Yeah, That's all I want. The only two things I want as a change to this game so far, everything else I'm willing to hear them out with the expansion, is I want them to remove monsters with knockbacks, slows, and pulls <laughs> from jump puzzles because they don't need to be there. And I want, um, and I, and I want to see the the recurring button on the gems. Are there yeah. other little things that, that get me and all that? Sure. But the rest overall, the game is by far more positive than negative. Yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying my, uh, my time with uh, Guild Wars two. I think we're actually talking about doing a kind of a PVP team uh, in terms of some push. So I know we we're talking to your brother about that. Um, the, I mean, at the end of the day, I will still advocate for native controller support. So the fact that the game's coming to steam, that gives me hope. I, I do love uh, playing with the Tartarus, but I think having the ability to just kind of pick up and play uh, ends up being where why I default to 14 hands down. Like it just, all right, I'm going to sit back and, and, and have that experience. But um, as so far I, as it goes, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm being told by chat that, uh, you know, it took them two years to recover from layoffs after an NC soft mm. re restructuring. Um, I will tell you when something's a cash cow, something like, wow, it did not have a massive instant overnight restructuring when they merged with Activision. The changes have been slow. They have been gradual. And every time there have been large, what feel like Activision changes, it's been because WoW is weak. As long as WoW is printing money, they've left them alone. And so it's when WoW has a weak expansion that we see more Activision trickle in, in my opinion. And so um, I am not saying money will solve all things. I am just saying that it feels odd to me, right, that I'm being invited to this restaurant and I discovered it for the first time and it's been here for years and I'm eating and it's amazing. And the owner themselves comes out and thanks me for my, you know, coming in and asks me about my meal. And I get to the end of the meal and they say, hey, next time we'd like the meal to be on us. This time the bill's only a dollar. I don't have like, I'm like, no, 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 you can ask for more. Like if you're not willing to defend you, how am I supposed to defend you? And so like, I am not saying, hey, let's start, let's start forcing all these players that don't have money to get out of the game. That is not what I'm saying. I am literally just saying, there are people in the game like me that want to support the game. I know I'm not alone because I've had this discussion with people th that are saying, yeah, I used to play that game. I would have been happy to support them too. Or I do play that game. I'd be happy to support them too. And I personally don't like microtransactions. I personally can't get behind that as a monetization method. And so because there was not a game pass or a subscription based option to do the exact same things in a way that mentally is okay with me parting with my money, I ended up saying, well, I don't want to get behind supporting that money model, even though I want to support that product. And so they just didn't get my money. And so I'm just saying there are people that want to help you support your game and all you would need is a recurring checkbox or something like that for those people to join in in carrying the load yeah um well said uh we have some questions and some super chats and uh, whatnot to get to uh patrick says so is chris saying wow storm mounts were happening before activision i don't know when the timing of storm mounts were um Storm mounts are something that has been a trend across the whole industry versus when WoW was first live. So I think that that probably would have happened regardless, regardless of an Activision Blizzard merging. 
Um, also things like Diablo Immortal sometimes get seen as an Activision-based decision, but you have to remember like Final Fantasy has many apps on the mobile store that are more than gotcha enough. So um, there are some things that are just industry trends and industry pressures and anybody that, you know, and so like, I think introducing a subscription required model today, for example, would fail regardless mm -hmm. of who's in charge. Uh, that's a tough ask when you're talking about people that are offering things like battle passes, long-term battle passes that don't expire, uh, free big base games like Guild Wars 2. There are so many models out there that are just less abrasive. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think that any one decision, um, I think it's generally a mindset. I think it's generally things like boosts going into classic. Would Blizzard have made that decision without Activision? I don't know. Um, you know, things like WoW tokens, that's, WoW didn't invent the token system. We already had a Plex system in EVE Online, just as an initial example. There are other games that have had it. So um, typically what ends up happening is when something is dealing with money and people don't like it, people assume that Activision has that role. That is a reasonable assumption because Activision has a history with heavily monetizing their franchises, things like Call of Duty, where I pay $60 for an annualized franchise and then they ask me for a battle pass and microtransactions every single time I log in. And so that feels very predatory because I have not logged into a full priced game and not been asked for money a single time. And so that feels like, hey, Blizzard didn't used to do that. Activision does that all the time. What's the deal? Well, it's also Square Enix that does that. It, you know, that um, the subscription only or the like no cash shop MMORPG. Donald and Stormounts were in uh, Lich King or Kata. I know they weren't there in TBC. Yeah. Uh, but and Activision was around the start of the Lich King. So it's, the, it's it is, it is, it is ballpark right timing. The, I don't um, think Stormouts on their own are a problem. The, uh, oh. We're getting it's into a, a bigger topic. That's a big topic. All Maybe. three of these games have store mounts, though. So whether they're a problem yeah. or not doesn't change whether I play any of these three games, because obviously I play all three and I don't typically buy store mounts unless they are to support something else. I'll tell you a terrible yeah. cause I care for or in the Endwalker uh, thing, they said, hey, we are having a fan fest. And if you want to support that fan fest, we are selling mounts. And Brian and I said, hey, we would have paid to go to fan fest. And now we are not paying to go to fan fest. And so you and I both bought Lunar Whales. It's a that's a big topic. Maybe uh, if you guys want, um, let us know. Um, you know, especially on this, uh, if you guys want us to kind of revisit this, because I need to put some really thought into it. Uh, there's the, what I see as the reality versus what I want, and what I want is just the no cash shop subscription model. But the reality is that model lost, and that's a big, big topic. And I, I don't want to leave you guys like, what it lost? You know, like why, Brian? No, it can come back. It's not like. That's the reality. I don't want somebody else's method of go, of supporting the game to go away. And I don't want somebody who currently feels comfortable with the way they're supporting the game to feel that they now have to support the game additionally. That is not at all what I am asking for at any point. Yeah, I am saying that there are people that want to support the game that are not included in that. And why are we not letting them help? Yeah, It's like, hey, Brian, you had me over for dinner. I want to take out the trash. Well, I'd really like you to do the dishes. I'm not really comfortable doing your dishes. Oh, well, I don't want you <laughs> taking out my trash. And so now you just don't get help from me. So Get instead, that, yeah. why don't you go, you know what? That'd be great, man. So let's get to, let's wrap up today's show with our, with our thanks. So I don't, I didn't, I, I don't have all the notifications for on Twitch if we got any support there, but uh, we got too salty with a 50 euro spot, not even saying anything, just dropping that. So we appreciate you uh, doing that and uh, supporting the show and the podcast, following it up with joining the $10 member club over on work to game. Uh, massive support. Thank you to Salty. And then finally, PSN uh, Fisher or Fish V uh, dropping a five spot Faisy. saying, Faisy? Yeah, that's probably better. 
Uh, thank you for your hard work. I'm level 16 and enjoying the leveling through a realm reborn. Which job, melee job, has the destructive damage? What do you think, Chris? I, I have my answer. I'm going to say samurai. Um, I mean, well, if you're going to say samurai, I'm going to say black mage because the two jobs that provide the melee. least utility provide the highest. Uh, no, for me, it's still black mage. <laughs> yeah, you can hit, you can whack them with which with melee job. One. I don't play melee jobs, so I'm going to say black mage. Uh, I would but say if same, you really yeah. want me in close range, I'll go with warrior or red mage. Yeah. Uh, sa uh, samurai, I would say, is what I would vote for. Uh, Dragoon it also is, has... There is a correct answer. Sam uh, but also Dragoon, if you want to bring some utility a little bit to your uh, to your party uh, and have a very Final Fantasy-esque thematic, uh, Dragoon is also uh, an excellent choice. The The real answer, I know we're laughing because there is a true... Like a true answer, the true answer is... That samurai they, they, has the highest damage of the melee DPS. Well, outside of that, though, it's the job that you enjoy playing the most. You can sit here and say Samurai does the best, but if you actually don't like how it plays and you like how... Guess what? You'll do more damage playing the job that you like to play. That's it. That's that's the real answer. That's the true answer. So uh, thank you so much, uh, PSN uh, Phasing, uh, for that $5 super chat. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here live. Chris, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up today's podcast? No. Um, I got I got, I got got an appointment in two minutes. Perfect. So perfect timing. Perfect timing. Guys, this has been the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 78. Thanks so much for tuning in live or in MP3 audio format. Thank you again to Luke for sponsoring the podcast and helping deliver this to each and every one of you. Guys, for work to game, my name is Brian. Thanks for watching. Hopefully you have a fantastic day. And that's Chris. Sorry, I was doing I was doing a four time. I was like, oh, you got two minutes. Like, I gotta go, gotta go. <laughs>